0: This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hi, Susanna. Thank you very much for doing this interview with The Law School Show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, let's just get started. Yes, of course. So, first question: Could you tell us about yourself without talking about the law?
1: Okay, without talking about the law. So, I'm married. I have a young son at home. Um, he's currently nine months old. Um, wow. Yeah, um, I've actually just taken maternity leave, and I came back to work last month. Um, so, know a lot about babies. <laughs> um, but. Um, Aside from that, um, before going to law school, uh, my background is in cognitive science um, and molecular biology. I did my undergrad in that, um, and um, my research was actually about language development and how um, how uh, how children um, and babies. Um, Learn language and how they acquire those skills. Um, There's a lot of statistical analysis that go with that. A lot of um, make hypothesis, A lot of uh, research that are involved. Um, And it was a very, it it was a very rewarding undergraduate. And I would encourage anyone who's um, want to pursue law school in the future to do an undergraduate um, degree. um, Pick a major in which they're uh, they're interested in, and it will. It will apply the skill sets, um, the overall skill sets that you learn from there will be applicable to um, to to um to what you do in the future. And um, let's see what else. Um, I am um, I am of Chinese background. Um, my parents, um, my um par- I grew up in Toronto. Um, my parents, um, who are still there, and moved to Ottawa for law school, um, and I've been been here ever since. Um, I love to cook um in um, my spare time. Um although I have a little bit less time when I'm working now. Yeah. Um, but I love entertaining and having guests over um, which is, um uh which is great and I also love to eat so, so that's I great. Think. I mean
0: cooking eating they go together. Yeah right? they really go together. <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: Um but not the cleaning part so much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's right. So, thank you very much for telling us about yourself without talking about the law. Now, let's jump to the second question. So, in terms of your career, could you tell us how you went from a law school student to an international trade council?
1: Sure, i um, be happy to do that. Um, so, I, um, as I said before, I did a, had a science background, um, right. just a lot of um, uh, biology and I guess um, psycholinguistic but I did a lot of data analysis during my undergrad um, and I knew I was always interested in the law um, so I decided to apply to law school and was fortunate enough to get into law school and when I got into law school um, in the first year actually I um, went to see if um, I went to the career fair and there was an advertisement um, see if anyone would be interested in doing a joint um, uh, Master of Business Administration program, so an MBA um, with law school. And of course, at that point, I didn't have any background in business, um, but I did like um, statistics and math and um, had an interest in finance, didn't really know much about it. Um, I thought I would apply. Um, it would be a three and a half year program at the University of Ottawa, um, so we just tackle an extra semester on to law school. Um, uh, and um, I was um, fortunate enough again to get into the joint program um, and so I did my second year uh, at um at the University of Ottawa at the Business School and I learned a lot of the business aspects uh, the skills there economic um, financial skills um, and then I went back into law school um, so when I in my second year of law school, which would be my third year uh, of, the my of the program, um, decided to apply for summer programs. Just um, Ottawa, because my husband, uh, my husband's here, and he was also in law school, and he had he's uh, uh, will be articling at a at a firm in um, Ottawa at the time, um, and so I went to uh, went to see what was available. Um, applied to, um, I would say. Uh, Several firms um, that I thought I might have an interest in, um, and uh, when I came in for an interview, I guess Levy Kent, I knew they focused on international trade, um, and at that point, um, I knew that I was interested in the international market um, because of my back, um, because of my Chinese background, right. um, being uh, being a Chinese descent, and also. Um, uh, the language skills that come with exactly.
0: that—you speak quite a few languages.
1: Um, I do speak, quite, I do speak quite a few languages. I was fortunate because um, my parents had taught me that growing up, um, which is very useful. Um, I generally thought that it was an advantage um, for me to um, be exposed to so many languages um, as a as a child, um, and so I'm able to um, to communicate in those languages now, um, and. So, when I had interviewed interview, I knew I liked international law Um, and it turns out a lot of what trade council do at um, Cassie Levy-Kent is a lot, we do, we look at prices, um, we analyze prices of trades, um, volume of trades that come in, um, so there's a lot of analyses that requires um, statistical skills that requires um, uh, use of Excel, that requires um, financial skills well, being able to read financial statements, balance statement, um, which I found useful in learning for my MBA. Um, and also the statistical skills I developed in my background as a cognitive science um, student. So I even though I didn't know about internet um, too much about trade itself, um, I seemed to have the background um, for um, for the career um, in this field, and I was fortunate that everyone um, that I seemed to get along uh, with people here, um, and they're very uh, they're very welcoming, um, and um, and so I started summering with the firm um, after. Um, third year of my program um it turns out I liked what I did um and you also I guess what we do is we do a lot of those analysis of economics or financial analysis and then we would write out what we do um so legal research and writing skills would also come in very handy um for that and I like doing I really like doing it um it turns out in the summer um and um I was uh Asked back to come back for articling, and of course I said yes. Um, and then really, um, maybe it's a maybe it's a straightforward path that um, that not everybody wants, or not everybody um, or might be able to um, get because of the economy or whatever, it might, um, or just um, the situation they're in, um, or uh, personally. Um, but I continue to stay at the firm, um, and I've been at the firm for several Um, Now and um, I continue to refine my skills in international trade. Um,
0: That's great. I guess the biggest surprise of me is that international trade law actually involves a lot of numbers. Yes, it does. Instead of just texts. Exactly.
1: Um, It does, and it was a bit of a surprise for me too when I came in. And um, to to be honest, um, I think a lot of people think we we go to law school and we think, oh, like. Being a lawyer, you'll be able to to work with text, work with legal interpretation, um, draft contracts, or do litigation work. Um, um, speak on behalf of your client, but you don't really think that there'll be numbers behind it, exactly. or or that's why you shy away from law school. Um, numbers are not for everyone, um, which I which I admit, um, and um, and it's okay if you want to stay away from it because there are. Lots of other fields out there that don't require the use of numbers. Um, and lots of people who would um, be more than happy to never see numbers again. Um, and they are, still have very successful careers um, in the law. Um, and so I would say it's of the minority um, that lawyers work with numbers. Um, but if you are interested in numbers, um, um, international trade law might be the field that you'll be interested um, in pursuing. Um, of course, there are aspects of trade law that um, don't also include numbers, um, you, or as much numbers, actually. Uh, there are customs work um, about imports and exports of goods, um, but you still see prices in that. It's just <laughs> That's less, calculation yeah, They're less like attached stuff. to it. <laughs> exactly. Just a little less calculation or procurement files, which we also do here at the firm. Um, and. Um, which uses uh, uh, last numbers, but you're still looking at bib data, and uh, there are times when there are a few numbers. um, So, I would say it's, um, I I would say it is for someone who's interested, who's not shy of numbers.
0: (laughs) Right, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit um, about the uh, international part, the international aspect? of your job um, as an international trade counsel? An international aspect. Um, right, because I know the firm has an office also in Washington, D.C. Yes, we do. Um, so we have an office in
1: Washington composed of um, very amazing U.S. lawyers um, who do uh, much the same as what we do here in Canada, um, but they would take on um, uh, clients um, from the U.S. side, um, and they would have those um, they have the knowledge, um, having worked in the states and how the law differs from Canada and it's similar from Canada. So we work with them on U.S. cases as well in in Canada. Uh, so trade offices, why uh, trade offices um, are located in um, Washington D.C. Um, near the capital. Um, it's also, I think, uh, the majority of partners are from um, D.C., which is why they chose that location. Um, but it's um, it's really great because you can work um, with domestic clients um, for for um, trade events um, that are within the states or within uh, within Canada, or you can have international clients as well um, from different countries, and and in that case you would you may get the opportunity um, to travel um, to meet your clients um, in different countries or in different parts of Canada and the U.S. um, in order um, to gather up information or to help them pursue their case. Um, And uh, I would say there are international phone calls um, that you make also, um, which sometimes the timing, um, because of the time difference, um, could... Um, could end up with you being on the phone at like midnight, um, which is no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happens often for a lot of students who also um, also have family or friends from intern <laughs> internationally. Understand that. Um, so, um, but I would say it's very rewarding because um, I like meeting people from different cultures. Um, having grown up in uh, in Canada um, with parents of, of eight, um, Asian background. Um, I see cultural differences, um, and I like to learn about cultural differences. Um, my husband's French-Canadian, um, so I like to learn about. Um, so having clients that are international as well as domestic allows you to um, to be very supportive of um, and learn from other cultures and how they do business, um, which is very which
0: I think is very
1: rewarding in
0: itself. Yeah, absolutely. That was all very interesting. So now, can we move on to the third question? Of course. Let's talk about skills. Okay. So can you comment on the importance of practical skills, such as legal research and writing, oral advocacy, and time management? And how would you advise law school students to work on these skills during law school? Excellent. Um, so legal writing.
1: For sure, I think it's a very important skill to have, no matter what field of law you go into. Um, even if involved involved a lot of numbers and math, uh, we still write up. Um, we still write up what we what we have found, um, and um, we make submissions um, before tribunals and courts. Um, in which case, we have to um, we have to write in a way that. Um, understandable, that's effective, um, that best represents our clients. Um, I had taken several um, legal writing classes in law school and I found them very helpful in developing my skill. Of course, it's an ongoing process and I'm still continuing to work on those skills. Um, Right now as I Uh, as I continue on in my career, um, and I continue to refine them. So I would say it's an ongoing process that starts in law school, but continue on um, uh, throughout your career. And I think that taking Classes, um, especially in smaller groups um, where you get peer review or the teachers to review and correct back. Um, Your legal writing assignments are very helpful. Um, The same with legal research, understanding how to um, cite properly or how to find primary and secondary sources. Um, Those are skills that I think a lot of law firms would expect, um, or the government, um, or um, in-house counsel if you choose to go there. Um, you would expect you to have already know how to use quick law or west law more um, candidly um, so you should uh, continue to work on that while you're in law school um oral advocacy um if there are um in my field we do appear before um in tribunals in court um so we get oral of quite, uh, quite a bit of practice in oral advocacy which um, we're very fortunate to do I like oral advocacy um, not every single lawyer does um, um, or do um, basically they um, some people could stay away from that um, they could go into like drafting contracts or
0: it's like numbers. Um, it's like numbers,
1: numbers. exactly. Um, so, uh, but it's good to take one course in oral advocacy, um, which I believe um, it's a requirement at the University of Ottawa. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it's good to take a course. So maybe I'll surprise you to see if you'll end up liking it. Um, for example, my husband thought he didn't like um, oral advocacy at all. He didn't think he wanted to be a litigator, and now he practices at a firm. He litigates, though, um, because um, he tried it out and he liked it. So it's good to try it out to see if you like it. Um, And lastly, um, for time management, um, I would say that it's very important that you are able to communicate um, when you work at a law firm, um, when you're able to get an assignment done um, with uh, a senior lawyer, partner at a firm or um, whoever you're working with um, at, in the government, a senior lawyer in the government as well, um, because they probably, if they are in litigation lines with the court um, for when things need to be submitted and they're probably working backwards from the deadline so if they want you to do a piece of research um, that is um, and they say oh can you have me something by the end of the week um, and if you if you're if it's too much work for example um, and you don't think you can get it done by Friday um, you should go to the lawyer as fast as possible obviously you try your best to get it done but um, before you the due lawyer and say look like I'm gonna like dedicate my time hundred percent to this but um, I think like if someone else could help me with this um, if I can ask so so to help um, that uh, uh, that would be great. Um, or is it like, can I get it to you on Monday instead? Um, and so the lawyer can know that if it's too much, if it's too much work, if they absolutely need it by Friday because they have to review it over the weekend um, in order to submit um, something to the court or write up to the court by Monday, uh, then they would need the research done by Friday, and they would uh, they would need you to. You or someone else to be able to help to get it done. Um, So I think that time management is important because there are a lot of deadlines. If um, even without litigation, even if it's um, even if you want to go into corporate law, um, you would have clients that want things by a certain date, and uh, clients um, and you should respect their time as well um, because they're often. Uh, They often pay you for your service, they're the clients, clients. Um, so you should respect their time if they want something on Friday, um, then you should um, do whatever you can to get it done. Or don't be afraid um, to reach out um, and say, uh, can I ask someone else to help me on this? It's better better to do that. even if you're trying, it, and you should try your hardest to get it done, it's better to do that than come Friday and you don't have anything ready and um, the senior lawyer says, well, I need this, I need this now because well, I have a straight deadline for Monday. Exactly. Um, that's
0: a most serious consequence.
1: Yeah, so... I'm missing the deadline. I'm missing the deadline. Um, so, it's. I would say that's the important part of communication of how to manage the time and work with your team. Um, on uh, when things need to get done and work back from court deadlines or client deadlines um, to get things done.
0: Talking about communication, um, h- could you tell us a little bit about working uh, inside the team, being a team member in a um, law firm environment because we know that and as lawyers, you don't fight alone. Yes, You're absolutely. always part of a team. You're absolutely right, um, we're always part of a team and think know, I think I went
1: encourage students to take a class where they're involved, um, some teamwork where you're working with um, other future lawyers. Uh, So there is a lot of teamwork involved um, and it's um, comes from drafting um, to doing the data analysis um, and I'm fortunate enough to have great people here that I work with um, and Everyone, um, we would often divide up assignments into different parts, and everyone would take a part. And then we would review stuff. Um, in this case, we have, in my field, we have a lot of confidential information from clients that we um, that we are committed to um, to to keeping confidential um, and not let inappropriate parties see it. Um, and we would have. Um, at least two other lawyers review drafts before um, they can go out. If we're sending a public draft out that doesn't include the confidential information, um, it's absolutely essential. And being able to work with others, um, I think also comes with a level of trust, um, knowing that, and also a trust in yourself that you can get it done by a certain amount of time. Um, you can get your part done so that you you don't have to be the bottleneck that holds things behind, right? And if you can't get it done, if you think you've been assigned a larger part of the work, um, and because you have like a few other cases on the go, um, and you can't get this part done, um, again, I would say communicate to the team um, saying that I I don't think I get this done on Friday either. I can have can I have an extra day to do it, or um, would anyone have the time on the team to take that on, um, and we like to give credit for when um, at the firm that we work for what people do. Um, so everyone that is involved in the case, um, you know, they get their names put on the file, and not that even articling and summer students. Acknowledgement. Um, acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, so I think it's I think that's important um, that that everyone who contributes um, are acknowledged for their work. Um, They'll also not be afraid to out um, to other team members um, when you are stuck in a situation. Um, and there really are no stupid questions, uh, so they get things done. And I love working as a team because no, we work on pretty big, a lot of the cases that we work on are pretty big cases. Um, that involves months and months of work and um, lots of drafting um, and lots of analysis. and. And there are people who have strengths, uh, but who are, everyone knows how, uh, are taught um, to do everything. Um, But there are people who are stronger at data analysis. There are people who are stronger at writing. There are some people who take longer time at writing. And instead of, I guess, um, instead of trying to be the best in every single right. aspect. You've got um,
0: comparative advantages here. You've got comparative
1: advantage mm-hmm. if you work truly well um, with others in your firm to bring this um, to bring the, uh, bring this case um, on behalf of your client. And ultimately, you can better serve your client by taking advantage of all the skills, um, the strength of members of your team, in order to file the best. Um, Put the best foot forward for your client, well, the best case. Um, and um, not to say you shouldn't step out of your comfort zone and try new things. Um, and you should, but um, but people do have strengths, and um, and it's good to it's good to utilize that as well.
0: And it's good to let's say know your strength and know your weakness. Exactly. Even yeah. when you're in law school, trying to explore within yourself.
1: Exactly. And know about yourself, right? Exactly. Yes, um, and that's why I think working in a paralegal—it's—it's—it's right? it's, it's really good. <laughs> really. I really like it. Um,
0: that's good. Thank you very much, Susanna. I know, thank you so much um, for coming to speak with me. I really—you've just been listening to the Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career Advancing Advice, right to your earbuds.